You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Good morning, guys. How are we doing today? Good you good? We're live? We're awake? Yeah. Jesus is still Lord. Amen? Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. So the butlers, uh, we had a, a stomach bug that went through the whole family the past uh, week and a half. It was awesome. A lot of fun. For whatever reason, my daughter, there, apparently there's like a spiritual ring of fire protecting her because nothing happened. She's good to go. My sons, it was almost like um, the, uh, you know, the, the movies where you see the jokes of like projectile vomit that flies everywhere. You know, I just want to get you ready for spiritual things this morning, so let's talk about Upchuck, amen? No. So uh, one more uh, kind of personal one that's fun. So, uh, you know, we, Butler family do a lot of basketball, and the, the day was very busy yesterday, and uh, my youngest five-year-old, uh, he technically shouldn't be in these games, but when there's a big blowout, we put him in, right? But if there's not a blowout, he gets to sit on the bench for a long time. And so this was a, a six-hour day, and someone captured this video and sent it to me. We'll go to that real quick. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, which you couldn't hear in the audio. Where the coach, the coach is like really intense, like, "Hey, we got to do this, and we got to do that, and we got to do the other." And then his face is just. I'm him. I know. Tell when he's uh, seven to ten, he might remember this. Amen. So before we get into, uh, which is, you know, hopefully you've really enjoyed our, our by the Spirit series. Yes. Um, this is the conclusion of it, so you can shed your tears now. But, um, you know, it's, I, at least from my standpoint, I've, I've really enjoyed, um, you know, just the, the deep dive into the Holy Spirit. Now, granted, we could do this for another couple more months. Um, but, you know, I think the, just the, the thought process of, of are we really tapping into the Holy Spirit in our lives and how, how much power there is from God because of what the Holy Spirit does. So I'm going to get into that in a second. Before I do, I did want to mention we have a couple things coming up, some announcements. Quarterly single, uh, Hispanic, there it is, Hispanic Heritage Service, we're having one next month. If you didn't know this, September 15th to October 15th, it's Hispanic Heritage Month. So we're going to have a service for that next week. Uh, We do have a guest speaker. I'm not going to say who it is. It's going to be a secret. So we're looking forward to that. (laughs) What was that? I missed that one. What happened? God, I hope so. I mean... Unless they've been lying to us the whole time, you know. There is precedent for that, so we've, we've heard that story in the news, but I don't want to go there. <laughs> All right, there is, there is. All right, uh, next week there is a quarterly singles luncheon, and so food will be provided, so if you are single, please attend. It'll be in the fellowship hall. We're going to have a uh, discussion on dating culture and healthy brother-sister relationships, so uh, there was a video that was sent out prior to that. Please take a gander. You have another week to do so. And we're going to have some great discussions, some great sharing. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, sometimes you've got to have some serious topics and, and deal with as a family. So amen. 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 That being said, I am still preaching. So in lieu of that, I think I should pray. All right. God, have mercy on my soul. So let's pray. <laughs> God, we, we just, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Death is going to kill me. Let me get this right now. She won't kill me. That's an expression. Sorry. 
I don't want to miss this. We are still taking mission pledges in the bin in the lobby. So we, have, we talked about a drawing for that because we're trying to, you know, if, you don't, if you're not aware, we give to churches uh, really throughout the globe. And so people have to plan our budgets, right? And so we try to get what that amount's going to be so they can plan accordingly. Amen? Amen. It's called fiscal responsibility. Yeah. Amen. So we're still doing that. There will be a drawing for the first two weeks and then another for the second two weeks, including everyone on October 15th. So please, if you have that form, you can get it in the front and fill it out. Now, let us pray. God, we thank you so much for this opportunity, for allowing us, God, to be able to be together. We live in a country, God, where we can worship freely. That is a blessing. We are fully aware, brothers and sisters, that have to hide or they have to travel three-plus hours in adverse conditions. We're able to come together at any time or two or three gather your name. There you are in the midst of them. We pray, God, that your spirit, as we've been praying this entire series and really for for most of our lives, that your spirit works powerfully. I've already been so encouraged, God, by the worship. I appreciate the leak ministry. We thank you, God, for every single person here to be able to lift our voices up to you, to be able to listen to your word, to be able to come together, God, and be a spiritual family, a faith community, brothers and sisters in Christ that honor you. Allow our hearts and minds, God, to be receptive to your word this morning. That whatever hinders us, God, whatever we brought in, even if we had a, an argument with our spouse this morning, a fight with our roommate the night before, whatever the case may be, God, allow us to put that aside and to humbly listen to your word. We thank you so much, God, for allowing us to be here. Praise the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, by this series recap, hopefully some of this rings a bell. Yes. You remember God's Ruach in the first one? Yeah. I always try to do that phlegm sound. It just never feels right every time I do it. Steve will do it better than I. Well, Brian, probably... Brian actually would probably do it the best. So let's be honest. Amen. Um, but, you know, this idea of God's spirit, and you see God's spirit working throughout all of scriptures, right? I mean, it's, it's very clear. We talked about the promises of God, right? And God's promise of presence, that he'll be with us, irrespective of the situation, no matter how difficult it is. Being filled with the spirit, right? And we, delved, we took a little dive in the Old Testament, and you see how clear it is that the Holy Spirit's working throughout the scriptures, very, right in the beginning, in verse 2 in Genesis 1. Leading of the church, we appreciate Brian going through that, and you can see the Holy Spirit working very clearly in, in, in God's people, in the book of Acts. And then Spencer talked last week about the Spirit without limit. I think hopefully some of us remember that one. Question for you guys. I'm going to open up the peanut gallery. It's dangerous, I know. What stood out to you in these previous five or so weeks? What resonated with you that you're like, I remember that point. That was a good point. Something that, whether it was from an academic perspective or that just drawed you closer to God. What do you guys remember? I'm going to put your thinking caps on and cue the Jeopardy theme music right now. Yeah. So, yeah, talking about uh, Acts 15, there was a, there was a council that was, you know, trying to delve into the issues of the day, 
And it said how they seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And so that's for um, those online because you can't hear him because there's no mic. So maybe next time I'll bring a mic for that one. Thank you. Anybody else? What stood out? Aside from our elder sharing, who else wants to share? Uh, right here. Yeah. So for those online, uh, the mention was about how the Holy Spirit takes us uncomfortable places. And I think we've all experienced that. When you're being led by God, you don't go where you want to go. You don't talk to who you want to talk to. You don't think about things that may be natural. It's very much an outside kind of trying to find the fruit on the limb versus holding the trunk of the tree and being safe. Amen. Anybody else? sense, right, for, for God to, to arrive and show up in the most difficult of situations, times of transition and tension, and so the Holy Spirit's definitely there. Anybody else? Do, 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 do. Jackie. And yeah, then Kevin. You know, I appreciate the um, groundwork from the beginning, Thank you. We might tackle that shortly. So just, just for a live stream, the Holy Spirit is active and it will call you to action. The spirit of uh, Abigail and David, I think, is a great example. So thank you guys for that. Appreciate you sharing. So our theme passage for today is Galatians 5, 22-23. An oldie but a goodie. If you've ever done a Bible study in our fellowship of churches, you might have read this one. Once or twice or thrice. And so we'll start in this one and then we'll kind of work our way back for context's sake. Because it's, it's important to have context in scriptures, amen? I think it's good. <laughs> so let's read Galatians 5, 22, 23. It says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, or in my NIV 84, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against things, against such things, there is no law. Now this is arguably, I think it's safe to say, 
the most condensed description in all the New Testament of what happens when the Holy Spirit grabs hold of someone's life and transforms them. I'll say it again. It's the most condensed description in all the New Testament of what happens when the Holy Spirit grabs hold of someone's life and transforms them. It's not fruits of the Spirit as we know. It's the fruit of the Spirit. What does that mean practically? It's an all or nothing premise. Think about that. You can't be full of love and then not full of patience. Right? Think about that. We can't like, and this is what I've done in the past, you might be guilty as well, I would try to like manufacture and focus on just one attribute. You know, right? I'm going to be more joyful today. You're like, okay, on the surface that sounds like decent, but what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit is all of it. So if we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we have the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit overflows. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentle self-control. It's all there. We don't like humanistically say, I'm going to be more faithful today. Does that make sense? I've done that in the past. It's interesting to know that. And for context's sake, it's good to see what's above. So this is kind of the fruit of the Spirit. This is, and it, it makes sense that it's a fruit as well, right? I, I love the fact that, that God, and you know, God through Paul describes it as such, that it is specifically the fruit of the Spirit. I don't know what you know about gardening. Um, I don't know anything because I don't garden. I'm not going to pretend to. I'd probably kill, you know, I, I can take out weeds. I'm really good. I think I showed a pile like six months ago up here. I, I got probably like 800 weeds. I crushed it. But <clears throat> for you guys, what are some good practices typical of a good gardener for those that have the green thumb? Water your plants. I mean, that's a novel idea. I think it works too. Assess the need of other plants. What is the issue? Type of soil. Good soil, bad soil. Don't overwater it, because that, that, that is a thing. I just learned that right now. I'm just kidding. I already knew that. You've got to prune the bad leaves. Prune the bad leaves, right? Help it grow. One, and then back there. Pull out the weeds. Pull out the weeds. My only expertise. Anyone else back there? That's all, Han. Frank? Pest control. Pest control. Getting rid of the rodents. Have good tools. Have good tools. That, that can make life a lot easier. And then we're going to go one, two, three. Consistently give it what it needs. Pruning. Pruning. Some, plants Some plants need more sun than others, right? And I think I saw one and then two. Intermix your plants. Okay. Constantly check the health. And did I see a tech team hand raise? We're good. Okay. <laughs> so these are some good things, right? Now, considering the things that are out of our realm of control. What are some aspects of trying to bear fruit from a garner sense that are out of your control? The weather, right? I mean, I would like to do that and control it, but I've, I'm a conspiracy theorist, so they said there's machines out there that control the weather, but I don't want to go into that right now. <laughs> when I feel like I've uh, relocated all the squirrels that have been eating my fruit, I'll leave a cow and do one move in. 
and meant for relocating and not ending their life entirely. <laughs> I prefer the former, actually, I'm being honest. Anybody else? Aspects of trying to bear fruit that are out of our control. One, two. Yeah. So if you plant it and you do everything you possible and for some reason dies, you're like, okay, I thought I checked out the 40 you know, million box list and nothing came to fruition. So plant going from like a seed to a sprout, like we can't control that, like it just happens. It, it yeah. I mean, we don't control photosynthesis, correct? I mean, in some respects, right? Uh, last one, Frank. Fred, sorry. Oh, whether or not it's going to be good food or bad food. Good food or bad food. Okay. So, I think we are fully abreast to what it means to be a gardener, right, at this point. This was the Wikipedia version, so I think we're pretty good. Now, let's go into Galatians 5, 16 through 18, and talk about, I think, what's a very fitting metaphor uh, with respect to the fruit that we bear in our own lives and the gardener that we have to be uh, to have the fruit of the Spirit. It says in Galatians 5, 16 through 18, So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under law. Right? So we have very clearly the, these two natures. And if you've been in a study entitled Light and Darkness, we, we, we were learning about this idea. And for some of this, it might have been like 30 years ago, where we had this, this flesh. In my NIV 84, it says this sinful nature, right? That desires a whole gamut of things that are absolutely contrary to what God wants for our lives. And for many of us, we walked in that flesh. We walked, I think all of us at some point, we walked in that sinful nature. We lived it. We fed it. We let it grow. Right? And now God says something different. He says to live and walk by the Spirit. Two opposing forces within us. Two contradictory forces existing in the same being. Us. I loved uh, Tom and Jerry growing up, right? And they used to have the the little angel and the little demon, and they'd always say, what to do next? And it's like, oh, let them live. No, do this, that to them. Smash them on the head with a mallet, and then drop an anvil on them. Like, that was, you know, those were the cartoons back in the day, right? They were pretty, they were pretty violent. When I look back, I'm like, wait, I got to watch this? But that was, that was kind of, I'd say, at least for many of us, in my case, my first introduction to considering this uh, dichotomy of, of, of human nature, right? God gives us his spirit, that wants the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, but yet we have this opposing force that constantly is telling us to go back and to do the things that we don't want to do. Our role as gardeners is to set up our hearts and lives as holy environments that encourage the growth of spiritual fruit. We set up our heart and lives in such a way that we, physical bodies, are holy environments that can foster the Galatians 5.22 in our lives. That's our role, right? It's interesting because as a gardener, right, we have to water 
and you gotta, you know, plant some seeds, and you gotta till the soil, and you gotta make sure it has enough sunlight and, and different feed you can give and keep out the pests. So there's aspects of this fruit of the spirit that are very much contingent upon what we do or don't do. Right? How much fruit do you want in your spiritual garden? How much fruit do you want born in your life? That's a question that we have to ask ourselves, and it's contingent upon some of the work that we're willing to put in. I share this because I'll get into this in a second. My uh, wife and I, we've been going through, uh, we've been doing couples uh, counseling, therapy. Now, for some of you, your first thought is like, is there trouble in paradise, Rhett? What's going on? How are you doing? Uh, this is something that, you know, my wife and I, we have a good marriage. I mean, it's pretty, pretty blessed, to be, to be frank. But there's aspects of our relationship where you can see the, kind of like the cyclical nature of it, where it just keeps on happening. You're like, okay, so is this like deep-rooted character issues with my, myself that, um, you know, it's just kind of going to be there for the rest of my life and it's never going away? Or is, are these aspects of, you know, our dynamic that just kind of, we're just going to have to deal with till kingdom come? Or perhaps are these things that could change? And we could have victory in these areas in our marriage. And so we're like, okay, well, let's put in some work. Let's do some gardening. Let's pray about it and, you know, and, and get some help. Now, my first thought when she broached this topic 11 years ago, 11 years ago, was, oh, hey, babe, that's good for you. You know, you, you, need, you got some trauma. I'm relatively clean on this front. I'm good, right? Um, and then I had this own stigma towards therapy as well. But once we started getting into it the past couple months, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, was I wrong. And here's the thing about how God works, right? God will use anybody. Our, 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 our therapist in particular, she's big on, like, law of attraction and manifest, you know, manifesting type things. But she brings it back to God because her original mentor was a priest, and so she, she has this God component. We obviously know scriptures, so we always bring it back to God, so it works out great. But a lot of things, what she's been mentioning, and what you find in scriptures, the NIV 14 times, and when we did EHS, we talked about meditation. So praying is talking to God, and meditating is God talking to us. Why is, what, how does it connect to the Holy Spirit? I was realizing for myself that there was too many times where I was focused on doing things and not just being with God where my life had gotten so busy and there's so many, you know, responsibilities to juggle and going from this next place to next place, next, next appointment, next program, next building, all these things I'm excited about, right? Good stuff. But there wasn't enough time just to stop. To stop and connect with the creator of the universe. Even if I'm sitting down, I was realizing that my mind was still working on overdrive. And, and that was a thought. I'm like, wait, how come I can't just stop for a second and then just listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to tell me? The Holy Spirit that's inside of me. The Holy Spirit that's trying to guide and direct my life. Why am I so busy doing Christian activities or life's endeavors that I can't hear what God wants to tell me. That was interesting. It was kind of like a, a moment where I'm like, I'm praying, and I'm praying about a lot of things that I want to see God work in this kingdom. But I'm not silent. And last time I checked, we have two ears and one mouth. Something to consider. It might apply to you. 
The flesh side in Galatians 5.19, we've read about, and usually when we read this passage, we're like, oh, that was my former way of life, because this would never, ever, ever happen in a church setting. <laughs> Didn't, there's the band in the back, right? Let's read Galatians 5.19-21. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual morality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. And there are orgies, they used to, you know, there was, it wasn't just sex, but that was a big part of it. Sometimes it was religious, sometimes it was kind of like union worker based, it just depends. Since I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. I think there's times where, in my life, I was being honest. I wanted to see the fruit of the Spirit born, but I wasn't honest about how much the, the sinful nature and the flesh was controlling. Right? And it's interesting because we live in this life, and we see the passages, so it's talking about living by the Spirit, and you walk with the Spirit, but then we still have this, this beast here that wants to be fed. It's interesting that the first one that's mentioned by God through Paul is sexual morality, right? It's so prevalent. Anything, you know, is kind of a loose term. It's you, you see it in the scriptures. Jesus mentions as well. Basically, anything out of the confines of marriage, right? God had set something up that was supposed to be pure, supposed to be, you know, it, it protects us, right? And we live in a world that doesn't encourage that. If you're, if you're young right now, are they, what do they tell you about sex? It's casual, right? It's not a big deal. Just, everybody just do it. And so if you talk about sex in a light of weight and be patient and abstinence, you, you sound like, a, I don't know, an old prude. Why would you follow this antiquated book? Or like, what are you, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It, the, the notion is ridiculous. But God has a plan to protect us and to use it for a time when it's supposed to be used. And as a single, that's very difficult. As a teenager, that's very difficult. For those of you who have been fighting in years and being sexually pure, I commend you. I commend you. Yeah. I've been there. Many of us have been there. You know how difficult it is, especially in a Western society. It's everywhere you look. But yet, God calls us to be pure. I look at some of these, you know, and a lot of us have been church for, for a while, and I'm thinking about how easy it would be in a religious setting and still do a lot of these. And no one be the wiser, quote-unquote. The idolatry... Uh, the hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition. This could be a religious leader. <laughs> right? We, we can't be so quick to think that this doesn't apply to us. We can't be so quick to think that it doesn't apply to our fellowship. I, I usually take things at face value. I take my life at face value. I, I fully appreciate that I am capable of anything under the sun given the right circumstances. And I think that's how we should approach our Christian walk. We should assume, based on how many years or how many scriptures known or how many Bible verses applied, that certain sins are beneath us. Because scripture says, be careful if you think you know, you're standing firm, that you don't fall. That's what the Bible says. But we have this, this beast that's just waiting. And you've seen comparisons, I've kind of heard comparisons about it, where you know, it might be like, the, what dog you feed? Yeah. Right? Do you, do you feed the, 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 the sinful flesh? Do you feed that one and he gets big? Because if you do, what happens to your spiritual dog over here? He shrinks and gets smaller. And eventually this one's too powerful and he overtakes it. As good gardeners, we have to constantly consider 
How are we doing feeding our spiritual selves? Feeding the Holy Spirit. Bible says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. Don't treat prophecies with contempt. Walk by the Spirit. In the Spirit. If we learn anything from our last six weeks and a continual Bible study, my hope and my prayer is that we embrace the fact that we have the Holy Spirit. If you've repented of your sins, been baptized in the name of Jesus, forgive us of your sins, you have the Holy Spirit, the indwelling inside you. That is a force that we all want to tap into. And that's my prayer, my hope, that we all tap into this power. Because what happens when you start living a life walking by the Holy Spirit? You're an agent for change everywhere you go. You make a difference everywhere you go because the world needs love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control and doesn't see it. People talk about it. Right? Social media. Everyone talks. Everyone has a platform. Everyone has something to say. <clears throat> I see it everywhere. And usually the people that, that talk the most, they either want your money, they're trying to get in your pants, they have this other agenda that has nothing to do with the will of God. Right? So what happens when godly men and women live this life on a day-to-day basis and they are full of the Holy Spirit? You change people's lives. Because people don't see this. It doesn't exist. Everyone talks. Everyone runs their mouth. Everyone has something to say, but no one has something to be. You can show them what it's like when a man and woman is on fire for God. That God is real. That the Bible is true. That His kingdom is here now. That is the privilege that we have. That is the power that we have. Men and women of God should be on fire. It's not a weird religious zealot and you're just telling everyone what to do and they need to repent and change their lives and they're all in sin. No! That you are love. That you are joy. That you are peace. That you are patience, that you are kindness, that you are good, good, goodness, faithfulness, generous self-control, that you are all these things embodied because you are connected to God. I can't think of a more powerful way to live because it doesn't exist. When the fruit is connected, when you have the, the branch and the vine and the fruit, when we're all one, When we say, Jesus, I'm clinging to you. I don't have this life figured out. I don't. doesn't matter how much experience I have, how much I think I know, how much I've been through. I will desperately cling to you because I'm in a spiritual battle. And the name of Rhett doesn't work in a spiritual realm. Your name doesn't matter in the spiritual realm apart from Jesus Christ. But when you rely on him, demons know your name. They know who you are. Because you don't come of your own accord. You don't represent yourself. You stand for him. 
I long and I dream for a time when the men and women of God embrace the Holy Spirit in their life. All of us. Not in part, but in whole. Because our lives would be so different. We don't realize how much we're being told how to live. We don't realize it. We're foreigners and aliens, according to Scripture, in this world. The government's telling us aliens are real, and here's the aliens coming, and here's the next <laughs> government agenda. I can't wait for what, what's next, one world direction's next. Like, uh, uh, it's going to be awesome. The aliens are already here. The foreigners are already here. What would your life be like? Real talk. Let's have a real talk moment. What would your life be like if you were actually led by the Holy Spirit? <laughs> would you even live here? Dang. What would your job be? What would your relationship look like? What would your marriage look like? How would you be at work? School. Guys, I'm going to submit to you this. The Holy Spirit's trying to wake us up, and we're fighting him to go back to sleep. The Holy Spirit's, thank you, wife, is trying to wake us up. And we're fighting to go back to sleep. If you were led by the Holy Spirit of God, I bet you'd be bolder. If you were led by the Holy Spirit of God, I bet you would be far more loving than you are right now. I bet your pride level would dip significantly. Your opinion would not be as important as you think it is right now. You would be not as self-consumed about your life and what you want to wear and what you want to eat and what you want to drink and what you want to do next. It wouldn't matter. You wouldn't care. There's a, there's a simplicity and there's a beauty in following God. We saw the fruit of the Spirit here. Closing thoughts. How would you grade your life's gardening? One through ten, A to F, whatever you want to do. Don't be too harsh on yourself. Ask somebody else if you want some candid feedback. Gardening meaning creating a healthy internal external environment for godly fruit to grow. If someone wants to take a look at your life, can they see a setup relationally within your, your, your paradigm of thought, how you look at the world, connections around you, what you do for a living? Can they see an environment conducive for spiritual growth? What helps you regularly walk by the Spirit so that His fruit is manifest in your life? For me, I, I'm becoming very clear that I shared before that I have to slow down. And not that I can maybe do less, but that there just needs to be more time where my heart is still. The Holy Spirit is trying to speak. It says, don't treat prophecies with contempt. The Scripture says, the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us things. He is telling us things. So there's a sensitivity that we have to learn. And this is where Christianity can get weird. Because people tend to love the supernatural. And they tend to focus on miracles, quote-unquote, more than they do the Word of God. So we can always go back to the Bible if you know the Bible. And if you don't know the Bible, you need to know it. So you don't get caught up in your emotions and then say, oh, the rock over there told me to go hop in the street, and then I did, because that was the Holy Spirit telling you know, You know what I mean? People get weird about stuff. 
Or they're like, look at this amazing miracle. This person was healed. And then, okay, so how are you going to help me to change my life? And what are you going to teach me about the Bible? Don't worry about that. Just focus on this miracle and give me your money. Like, you know, like, people live that way. For us, what does walking by the Spirit look like for you? My hope and my prayer is that, for myself personally, that I become more in tune with the Holy Spirit. That I know the difference between the Holy Spirit and indigestion. (laughs) That I can genuinely connect with God in such a way because the counselor, the advocate, guides us into all truth. And Paul is very clear about understanding the Spirit's promptings and where God wants him to go and not want him to go. And that that the Holy Spirit would tell him things in advance before they even occurred. Right? This is the ability that we have. The ability for God to truly reign in our lives. Closing thoughts for communion. Galatians uh, 5.24-26 says this. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. It's interesting because, again, you have these two dichotomies. I mean, it's it's existing. You have the the sinful nature and our Holy Spirit, and they're in one person. And there's this kind of cross-section, right? If I had a Venn diagram, it would be the two circles. But they shouldn't cross, right? Because, you know, they're conflicting. But this cross-section right here is the cross. The cross is in the middle of it. How can you have two competing natures simultaneously in one thing? It's interesting. We're citizens of heaven, but we still live here on earth. How does that work? God's in control, but you see this whole world is looking like God's in control. How does that work? God's very comfortable with paradoxes. It's kind of how he rolls. He likes to get our brain and go and blow it up for a second to let you know that you're not as smart as you think you are. The cross gives us victory in a way that we would never have in and of ourselves. You might be lacking motivation this morning. You might feel like I just barely made it to church. Some of you didn't even come. I love you on a live stream. But some of us didn't come to church, and we probably know we should have. Right? That's a common theme right now, and I don't want to touch on it. But, you know, if it applies, you repent, please. I love you, but come back. You're needed. The Holy Spirit desires the Holy Spirit. And last time I checked, there's still the Holy Spirit here. What the cross does, it puts us in a place that kind of hits the reset button. It allows you to get in touch with the Holy Spirit. Because your pride is shot. Once you look at, imagine for a second, and sometimes I do this, I close my eyes, and I I think about being at the foot of the cross, as the song talks about, and I look at, ooh, I'm going to look, oh, man. It's hard for me to embrace how much God loves me. I know he does, and it's very clear. It blows my mind that we have the cross. I didn't plan this one, if you're wondering. (laughs) It's not part of the agenda. It's hard for me to consider that we have a big brother, which... That moniker alone is we're completely unworthy of. We have a big brother in Jesus Christ that would give all that he had for us. 
And all we did was live in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. All we did was just tally up that list. If you're lacking motivation, if you're not sure what to do with this and start being led by the Holy Spirit, start here. Start with the cross. Allow it to reset you. And what you'll find out is that sin will start leaving you little by little and slowly but surely over time because it's not, it's not something that happens where you just hit the button and all of a sudden you're Galatians 5.22, fruits of the Spirit. Right? I would love that to be the case. But we do have to garden throughout the course of our lives. And God will sanctify. And as he sanctifies, that fruit becomes more and more evident in our lives. But it starts here. Let's pray for communion. Father God, thank you so much for love us the way that you do. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son Jesus. As we consider what he's done this morning, God, allow us to, to rejoice and to celebrate and to appreciate the love that you've shown us. That you don't withhold that which, that which is much, most precious to you, God. Give us your one and only son. Allow us to search our hearts and minds this morning. Allow it to carry us the rest of the week. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.